thank you for joining us this afternoon for our monthly podcast. Uh, Randy Carter here, General Superintendent for the Pentecostal Free Will Baptist Organization. And I'm here in the Resource Center today. And we have a special guest in for our podcast this month, Pastor Dale Sauls from uh, the San Lee uh, Church in Sanford, North Carolina, is with us. He's actually down at our youth camp this week. This is something Pastor Dale does every year. He's had his, He grew up at Crusader Youth Camp. His kids have grown up there, and, uh, and so uh, he's just devoted to it. And he, he'll, he'll, out of his busy schedule, most every year he'll take a week, come down and work at the camp as a counselor and help out in any way. So this is his week. And when I found out he was in the area, I said, hey, can I grab you for a couple of hours and uh, let's just get in the resource center there and let you be a part of this podcast. And I threw in lunch to sweeten the pot, and he said, hey, I'm in. Absolutely. <laughs> That's my love language, actually. <laughs> That's your love language. A lot of our listeners probably know you, Dale, and love you and, and respect what God's doing through you at San Lee Chapel, a tremendous church growing and just doing some innovative, creative things. So we just wanted to catch you while you were in the area and take advantage of this time. I'm going to let him take a moment and greet you and maybe talk a little bit about some of the things he's got going on there. But I'll tell you, go, I'll go ahead and tell you where we're going with this podcast today. We are going to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart, something I'm passionate about, and that's planting new churches. And many of you that have listened to me as a new leader and my 2020 vision, you've heard me talk about whole, this whole life-giving thing, that we're a life-giving organization. And, you know, the L stands for leadership development. The I stands for increase in numbers. The F has to do with the faith walk. And the E is for equipping the church. But out of all of that, one of the pieces that is so central to who I am is this whole issue of, of increasing by planting new churches. And recently, I took some of our staff, went over to Sanford. We sat down at San Lee Chapel. Pastor Dale and his staff hosted us. And we just spent about a half a day in a roundtable discussion about planting churches for the PFWB. And so anyway, I'm glad to have Dale in the, in, in the Resource Center today. Let him take a moment, and we'll, we'll just figure out where this goes. But just, you know, we're going to talk about church planting today. So Pastor Dale, welcome. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me, and um, thank you for getting me away from the camp for a few hours <laughs> and uh, feeding me. And all. Of course, they've been feeding me good, and I encourage anybody listening to the podcast. I do think if you can, um, I just a little plug here, shameless plug for, for what's going on. We, uh, My son and I have been doing this since he's six years old, and he's oh 13. My. And so this is our yearly father-son thing. And, awesome, um, awesome. I used to preach and teach at Crusade Youth Camp, and I still would love to do that one day and get in those cabins where I don't have all those boys. But <laughs> I will say, man, I'm telling you, I've got more faith in the younger generation. I've got some really great top-notch 13-, 14-year-old boys and the bonding experiences and these years get by so quick, so I'm, yeah. I'm grateful to awesome. have the time, and I thank y'all for putting this camp on and letting us come Absolutely. and be a part of it. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, um, church planting is near and dear to my heart. Um, North Carolina is the and and church planting generally is important to me, and I'm very much appreciative of what we're doing in the was it 15, 17 countries now yeah, uh, right, that right. we are 17 yeah. 17 countries mm -hmm. that we're now doing missions working and i'm very i want to support that i mm -hmm. give money to that I, we're going to hopefully take a missions trip soon our Good. church is and so great things but i was born and raised in north carolina and when i found out that north carolina is has 
experience the fourth most declining church attendance mm. of evangelical churches. Mm. And, and I drive around this countryside and I see churches on every corner and, mm-hmm. but they're just not growing and they're just not taking, um, they're not making the difference. Then mm-hmm. it fires me up. And I feel like I feel personally responsible for North Carolina. Mm. I Amen. honestly feel like that when I stand before God, he's going to say, how could you live in that state, pastor in that state, have the friendships that you had, had the relationships that you had, and let that state literally just drift into a Christless eternity called hell. Wow. And I just don't think I'm prepared to answer for that. And yeah. so, yeah, I think that um, you know revitalization is good, and I think that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. In fact, I did sure. that. But while we revitalize, that tends for most people, most people, most cases tends to be a slower process mm-hmm. than um, I think we ought to be planting churches along with it, and you, especially in North Carolina. You just mentioned, Dale, that you did that. You, you revitalized a church. Let's not assume that everybody listening to this podcast knows your story. Take a moment just to, and let them know kind of a little bit of that, what you did, how, when you went there, how long have you been there, what's happened over the long haul as you, because you did do that. You revitalized a church. Right. So tell us about that. Okay, so what happened was, <laughs> oh, it starts like that. Okay, what happened was, oh, right. oh, oh I had happened was, <laughs> yeah. what happened was is this. Um, I went, I went to Stanley Chapel in uh, 1993 and pastored from 1993 to 1996, and I was 20 years old. I had a head full of hair and a red Camaro, and I was dangerous. <laughs> and you were single. I was single, Woo. absolutely dangerous. <laughs> and uh, the church really did well. We grew and. Um, we added multiple services and added staff, but I did not have the maturity. I didn't have the wisdom. I didn't have the character. I didn't have anything that I needed at that stage in my life to really, that was, it was, all I tell people is good news and bad news. The good news is we were successful. The bad news is we were success successful. <laughs> I was a train wreck waiting to happen. I hear you. And so God got me out before a train wreck happened. And I was able to go mentor in Virginia and a very successful pastor there, Jim Wall. Mm-hmm. And then while I was there for eight years on his staff learning, I was getting my, I got my master's degree from Regent university or started it. And, um, uh, in, in leadership Stanley Chapel, where I left from, they didn't want me to go, and I didn't want to go. The day I resigned there in 1996, when I left, I couldn't see the stop sign at the end of the road. We were, I was crying so hard, and <laughs> oh, they were wow. crying. Yeah. And the founder's wife of the church, founder was Earl Norris, his wife, Della Norris, she said to me, she, when the day I left, she said, you'll be back. You did not finish your work here. Mm. Wow. And I think Miss Della like has breakfast with God every day, so I knew that was like in the back of my brain that I knew <laughs> she had an inside track. Well, sure enough, while I was in Virginia, they hit some rough times at the church and um, hit a couple of potholes. And Melissa and I had already been interested in planning a church. Mm-hmm. In fact, we were looking at the High Point area. We were looking at three areas, High Point, North Carolina, Clayton, North Carolina, or Rocky Point right outside of um, – High Point's right outside of, between the Winston-Salem and Greensboro. Mm-hmm. And um, Rocky Point's right outside of Wilmington. That was the areas we were most interested in. And the PFWB had offered to pay our salary for one year if we were to do it or indicated that they would be willing to do that. So we were on board trying to just Mm -hmm. pick between the three areas. And San Lee called and said, hey, would you come? And um, I said, well, I want to plant a church. And I got a vision for this This is a type of church I want to plant they said well we're kind of in a bad situation we trust you would you come and at least tell us what kind of church you want to plant hmm. so i met those guys um and i showed them the vision of when i build a church this is what it's going to look like and they said well that sounds like a great thing we'd like to be that church too oh, and i said well 
you vote and decide if you want to do this. And if you do, then we'll do it. If you don't, then that's fine. I'll go plant a church somewhere. And they voted with a 90 some percent, uh, you know, resounding yes, they wanted to do it. I said, but now if you vote, this will be your last vote. Because they, they were in real deep weeds. They mm-hmm. had some real big troubles going on. And we didn't have time to mess around. If we were going to do it, we were going to have to do it in a hurry. So they were dying. They were, we were. well, they, they, they were in conflict. Mm-hmm. And there were some real problems. I wouldn't say they were dying, okay. but they had had some real trauma, traumatic things to the church body that were just tough, t- tough things for everybody. Nobody, mm-hmm. it was one of those things that, you know, it was just a tough spot for everybody. Yeah. And so we, we knew we had to get, moving fairly quick and um so and the lord kind of spoke to me sanford is in the center of north carolina mm-hmm. and even back then i had a real vision for north carolina and I, my vision was that we would grow to 500 or so and get to be debt free and then we would start planting churches and that was my heart mm-hmm. and i told them that in 2004 that that's what i put it in writing i can show it to you approved that's what they voted on and they mm-hmm. you know that's what we were going to do and sure enough uh, we got back and we went to work and um it was a tough journey revitalizing. Uh, we had uh, we didn't do it probably. Um, I'm gonna say the healthiest way, but it was the only way we could at the time. We had like a 90 percent turnover as what best our in about a two year period. But we were yeah. we were gaining as many people as we were losing. So mm-hmm. attendance never really dropped. But it was just and it wasn't all our fault and it wasn't renovation. There was just a lot of stuff that I, you know, that that, that was behind all of that. Mm-hmm. But we we turned a corner and um mm-hmm. and got growing. Got it so, growing. So today. Roll the tape forward. Where is the church today? What, what's going on today? And ha- ha- talk a little bit about your vision as it relates to planting other campuses or congregations. So um, I guess everybody has a different theory of a church, and and I don't mean this to sound condescending or any way it may sound, but I think most of us pastors have an inherent temptation to want to gather big crowds. In fact, I often say sometimes that preachers love crowds and hate people. That's pretty interesting (laughs) how we do that. We don't really like to get involved with people's lives, but we do like to have a lot of people listen to us preach. (laughs) And, and, and I, I'm not immune to that either. Um, but to be, I think to be the church that Jesus wants us to be, Mm -hmm. We can't just be a gathering place, now, mm-hmm. although that's important. We, we are a gathering place, but if that's all we are, I don't think we really fulfill God's mission for the church. We not only have to be a gathering place, we have to be a launching pad. Mm. The church has to have a sending nature. In mm-hmm. fact, look up, do a Google search in Bible Gateway, how many times it says uh, in context, saved and sent. In mm. the same sentence, he saved us to send us. Mm-hmm. That's what he did, and so he 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 sends us out to the highways and the byways. He sends us out to make disciples of all nations. It's over and over and over and over. Church, so mm-hmm. I mean, scripture. So the church is is an, really an extension of um, of the of what Jesus did on earth. And so what we are is a ga- we gather, mm-hmm. but then we send them. And mm-hmm. so um, because of that, that's what we did. Our church grew, and uh, uh, we. We're, um, we did pretty well in far as gathering people and having a lot of people there on the weekends. We were able to get debt-free, and now we are able to put about 7% of our budget into launching campuses and churches, and we've Wonderful. got a 5% part of our budget into interns that we're trying to prepare mm-hmm. them to go out and to plant churches and mm-hmm. plant campuses. And so uh, we kind of have two different ways we're doing that. We are partnering with um, – you know, anybody that has a church planner that wants us to help them, and mm-hmm. that's one thing we're very interested in, and I'm so excited about your vision for the mm-hmm. Pentecost Field Baptist. Sure. It's so 
and that's why I want to help you. That's why I'm here today. That's why I want to be. A, I want to be a part of a right. sending group. And so, yeah. that's that's very important to me. So so we would take planners and we'll just you know, not that we know everything there is to know, but I'm not responsible to fill somebody's cup. I'm just responsible to empty my cup. And oh, that's, so that's good. We're just emptying our cup with that yeah. planner. So that's one, and the other is that we're um, we got a track that we're launching campuses, mm-hmm. and um, we're still figuring that out. It may be a preaching campus, it may be a video campus, but it's a campus, mm-hmm. and um, of our church. And what that means is, a guy who plants a campus for us, um, they wouldn't have to worry about boards, they wouldn't have to worry about you know sermon graphics, they wouldn't have to worry about all the creative things. But they're an employee of us, mm-hmm. and they're they're mm-hmm. putting campuses around our area right. and geographically. Um, I, I'm thinking we're thinking about a 20 mile spot from the ca- campus that we already have existing. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exciting. Well, it's that what you're describing sounds to me like a culture shift or or or, or a transformation to a new culture that's that's happened inside of that church over these years, and it's that culture that you're describing that sending church mentality that kind of caught my attention, and that brings us to why. I took part of my staff and went over to Sanford here a few weeks ago and we sat down with your staff and spent the day just talking about all this is what you've described right here today that has happened at that church under your leadership is sort of something that I'm sensing needs to begin to happen across the Pentecostal Free Will Baptist, that there are right, other pockets, other places where something like that needs to happen. Uh, when, when I became general superintendent, stood in front of the general conference, and since then I've stood in front of different groups, the general board, uh, groups of pastors, and I've talked to them about the fact that we, we have somehow got to break out of our eastern North Carolina box that that. For, for, for most of our history, we've been 150 churches in eastern North Carolina, and, and part of the vision God's given me is that uh, we, have, we have got to get serious about planting new churches. Right. And so that's what led us to sit down and have that conversation. I, I just got a sense in my, in my spirit that, that there ought to be a new PFWB church being planted in, in major towns and cities up and down the I-95 corridor, uh, along the I-40 corridor. Amen. Yeah, and that, that's kind of what's churning in my spirit. And a phrase that's kind of on my lips these days that I can't shake is the phrase, let's build a bridge. And what I've been thinking is that, that there are places across our organization where we've got churches and then there's like this distance Mm-hmm. to this other church right. and what have we got serious about building bridges from you know church a to church b and then everything in between there so that's kind of something i think we're going to talk more more about in the days to come is is this whole let's build a bridge concept um but i've just got it in my gut if i could say it that way that 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 we've got to come up with a strategic plan and that's what we're doing right now and and I've been talking, some of the staff around here kind of laughs at me. I've been talking for months and months and months that I just see a map on a wall with little pins or or markers or whatever kind of saying, hey, with God's help, this is where we're going. With God's help, we're going to plant a church there. Well, let the record show I've got my map. You've seen it. Chris is is sitting here nodding. I've got my map. It's down the hall, and I've I've already started marking it up, so I'm getting excited now about this strategic vision. But but, one thing I appreciate is you as a a pastor in this organization, uh, you not only are 
pumped up. You not only are excited about what you're doing, what God's doing through you and with you there at San Lee and, and that whole uh, Sanford area and surrounding, but you're, at least you told me, now don't back out on me now, but you told me you were excited <laughs> about my vision too. You better believe All right, it, so absolutely. You told me you were with me. Are yes. you still with me? Yes, sir. All right, yes, so, sir. so we're in this together. And, and I guess one of the things I wanted to say in this podcast today is if there are others out there that happen to hear this, if you're excited about it as we are, uh, let me, I want to hear from them. Absolutely. You know, I, I want to know. <laughs> well, I want to wait. Yeah, I'm, you, nobody, if, you, if you can accomplish your vision by yourself, it's too small. That's good. You, you, can't, you can't have a vision so small that, that it can only be accomplished by you. And so uh, we, we got to have each other. I can't do what I want to do without you, and you can't do what you want to do without me, and we can't do it without the people listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, here's the thing. All right, let's go to yours. Let's talk about yours. And I, I like the map, too. I have a map, too, so I'm not, I'm not picking I've, on the map. I've seen your map, by the way, and I like it a little better than mine, but, you know. <laughs> um, it, uh, the, the map is, is very important, but we can hang whatever maps we want to hang on the wall. We can put whatever slogans we want to put on the wall. But at some point, a church has to take a person going through a divorce, see them get saved, and see their whole family tree get changed. Mm. At some point, this, this is – you know, this past Father's Day, one of the guys in our church said, you know what I'm going to give my kids for my Father's Day? I just gave them 30 days of sobriety. Mm, wow. And so the, ch- the church has to take this alcoholic and see him get sober, mm-hmm. and then we got to release this guy to be a church planner. The people we need to plant those churches mm-hmm. may not even be saved yet. Wow, what a concept. They're in the harvest, and we've right. got to go get them. And, and this is where the people listen to this podcast. This is what we got to do, guys. We've got to go into the highways and byways, compel people to come in, and we've got to not just gather decisions. we got to make disciples. Mm-hmm. And then we have to send them out. And it's very hard. It's very hard to be a sending church because there are people we're releasing from our church. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're, we're um, the Lord's willing, on September 17th, we're going to plant our, our first campus. And, um, Amen. And and the people that are going, uh, Pastor Justin Nichols, a PW preacher, is planting it, yeah, and he's yeah. um, here, and he's been. I've given him access to my church, mm-hmm. and he is recruiting as hard as he can. We're going to fund him with like seventy five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. We are giving him. We're paying employees. You know, um, and and just so anybody knows, we have a two hundred seventy five seat auditorium, and we have outfitted our fellowship hall to be a lounge where we have a hundred people watching an overflow. We could stand building a building, mm-hmm. but we're intentionally not building a building to send out 50 people from my church wow. to plant that campus and $75,000. Amen. We've got to be willing to sacrifice to see this happen. And if we're not willing to sacrifice, if all mm-hmm. we're wanting is just a crowd to listen to us preach, I don't think we're going to change the fact that North Carolina is the fourth most church to evangelical church wow. attended state. That hurts. Well, that's a sobering truth. Yeah. So anyway, I think my point is, I think we need each other and, and, and yeah. you, you can't somebody, these, somebody's got to take the alcoholic and get them ready to be a church planner. And then you're going to have to have a plan and a strategy to resource them when they're ready to plan Absolutely. and train and, and together we can do this, but we can't No, none of us are going to do it by ourselves. You, you made a comment, comment just a second ago, Dale, about getting outside of our comfort zone, or this is not going to be easy. It's going to be hard work. We had lunch together just before we sat down to record this podcast, and you made a comment at lunch, Dale, with our team that um, you can't have, how did you put it, you can't have comfort and change at the same time. Remember you said that? Right. 
Yeah, comfort and change usually don't go together. Right. And um, uh, especially when it's unhealthy and it has to get healthy. Mm-hmm. And if you don't believe that, you can have surgery and say, you know, mm-hmm. you can't have comfort and change. You're going you go. to have to have discomfort. And by its very nature, it requires energy to go from point A to point B. You mm-hmm. have to you, you have to exuberate yeah. some energy. Wow. And so I think a major decision that we have to make is do we want to be comfortable or do we want to have change? Mm. And when you point out those statistics about the state of North Carolina and, uh, and you point out, I think I was reading the other day, I just, out of curiosity, I Googled it like everybody does, but um, I was just curious about, uh, you know, North Carolina and the surrounding states. Because I really do see the day when there will be a, a Georgia conference of the PFWB and an Alabama conference of the PFWB and a South Carolina and so forth. And so I thought, well, what's going on in those other states? So I Googled it, and it, it sort of bears out what you're saying when I Googled North Carolina, it said that about 50% of the people in a recent census, about 50% of the people in the state of North Carolina have no religious affiliation. So I thought, hmm, I wonder how bad it is in the other states. So I Googled every state around us that touches our borders. I did, I did uh, Georgia, I did South Carolina, I did Virginia. Their numbers, every one of them were like 78, 79, and 80% had some religious affiliation. But right. In North Carolina, half the people, we're talking millions of people, if you asked them in a census, they'd say, I have no religious affiliation. But yet you can't find anybody that don't say they're a Christian and go to, you know, <laughs> and have a church in North yeah, Carolina. Yeah, and yeah, so right. we, we've got our work cut out for yes, us because, not to sound too spiritual, but I'm afraid we're in a state that has the appearance of godliness but denying wow. the power thereof. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Couldn't say it better. Let, let, me, um, let me kind of draw us to a close with this and— uh, in my studies recently, I was in the book of Acts, and what occurred to me was that two of the earliest churches that you find uh, in the book of Acts, and that's the history of the church, the first one is, is the Jerusalem church. And, and, and then it, it's not long after that we start hearing about the Antioch church. And as I was reading about those two churches, the thought that occurred to me was that uh, the Jerusalem church kind of did what a lot of churches do. They kind of went insular. They, they focused inward, and they became all about propagating whatever was good for them, kind of like churches today become guilty of greasing their own wheels, you know, just kind of keeping the machinery going, mm-hmm. uh, but not really caring or, or, not, or seeming not to care about anybody else around them, like our four and no more. Well, the Jerusalem church kind of got that way, so much so that God had to shake them up, and, and he allowed persecution that began to send, as you pointed out, Dale, over lunch, didn't send the apostles out. They stayed right there in Jerusalem, but the people absolutely went out everywhere. Next thing you know, here's this church over in Antioch, the Antioch church, and it became to me what is the picture of a healthy church. It became that sending church you were talking right. about a moment ago. You know, they, they prayed and fasted, and they sent Paul and Barnabas out, and there are others, no doubt, that got sent out, and you see the great missionary Paul going out from Antioch and and planting seeds of the gospel and everywhere he planted seeds of the gospel churches began to sprout Mm -hmm. and if you read the whole book of acts you'll see that periodically he came right back to antioch it's like that was his home church right he'd go out and and plant seeds of the gospel churches would grow up he'd come back to antioch and refresh a little bit and go out again and i got to thinking god give us in the pfwb some sending churches Not, not like the jerusalem church where we're all inward focused about just you know 
and that's un, un, that can become very unhealthy. But give us more Antioch churches, sending churches. And, and I would say, and this is not a you pat my back and I'll pat yours, but I'll say it here. Uh, I would say what God has done through you at Stanley Chapel is that's a church that has become an Antioch church. Mm-hmm. And my prayer would be, God, give us more of those. Absolutely. Why don't you have a final word with us, Dale, before we uh, you know, check out today? Well, I, I couldn't agree more, and I think that um, it can happen, and it should happen. And the, the interesting thing is, you're right, when they left Jerusalem, these were uneducated. and They went on wing, They went because of persecution, but mm-hmm. they went on the wings of business. It didn't even cost the church anything. How about that? You know, they're, they're, you know and here's the thing, sending church, and we're talking about planting churches, and but I want to just say, if guys, and I, I would imagine most people that make it this far in this podcast are, interest, are church leaders of some sort, um, <laughs> You know, there are business people in your church that can go to countries that you and I, pastors, could not go mm-hmm. on a visa. They would not let us go because they're, but they would go if we're going to go create jobs for them in their country. Mm-hmm. The gospel spreads best on the wings of business. Mm. Those of you who are military bases around Fayetteville or Seymour Johnson yeah, or yeah. in Norfolk or in Camp Lejeune mm-hmm. or wherever, the government will send out missionaries on their dime. If we would just, and now with the internet and things, we have just got to get the gospel. You know, and, and I did this illustration with my uh, people at our church. Uh, uh, my, my dad, and, and I don't want to take, I don't have much time here, but anyway, I don't, he used <laughs> to preach this message when I was growing up. And he would preach this message about there was different types of Christians, like there was a rowboat Christian where you constantly had to come on, Sue, you got to be at church. Come on, you need to sign up for this. Come on, you need to keep tithing. Come on, you had not been in church in three weeks. You guys kind of constantly push them. It's like it'll move, but it's only going to move under your energy. Mm-hmm. And he talked about the sailboat Christian, which has got like their sails up and the hottest thing in town is where they're going. They just change churches and they just <laughs> church hop. That church got a good youth group. That church got a good music program. But he, he talked about the fact that there was a powerboat Christian. Where it didn't matter which way the stream was going, they were going to go in their own. They were going to go in the direction that they were supposed to go in because they had set their 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 motor, you know, their motor that way. So I did the illustration with our church, and it was very effective. And for you preachers who are listening, <laughs> you're welcome to steal this. We had a helium balloon, and I had a balloon that was that we blew up. And the heat, the, the blue we the balloon we blew up was fun for a little while. But the problem is it wouldn't stay up because it was filled with our breath. Mm. And there's a lot of Christians that are filled with the preacher's breath. Mm-hmm. And they'll do right, but it's if we keep smacking them around. You need to tithe. You need to tithe. And it's like we're popping that balloon up. You need to serve. You need to serve. And they'll do that for a week or two. They'll serve in nursery. They'll serve in tithe. But, it, but, but they will... They will hover for just a minute in the cloud of obedience, and then they will sink back into lukewarmness Mm -hmm. and complacency if you don't keep smacking them around. Mm -hmm. What we need is some balloons that are filled with the breath of God, like helium. They need to, where regardless of the resistance, their pull is to keep getting up. And if you do not keep pressure, they will keep coming up because... I think the breath of God in them, the gospel in them. We need some gospel-filled Christians, mm. and that's our job as Amen. church leaders. We left the ministry when we signed up to be pastors. Ephesians 4 says we are to equip the saints. They're the tip of the gospel spear. Good. When we launch them out on Sunday morning, they are the point 
Our job is to equip them. So in a lot of ways, we left the ministry. What I mean is we left the front line. Yeah, yeah. And if we're not equipping them to carry the gospel, then we can never be the Antioch Church. Mm -hmm. And that's our job, I think, as leaders. And I'm probably rambling, but I just want to make sure that, that, that we know if we're going to do this, if right. we're going to do this, then we're going to have to start seeing ourselves as mm -hmm. equipping people yeah. and launching them from our church. Awesome. Awesome. No, that's that's right on target. That's good. Wow. I want to thank you for taking time to be with us today, and I hope our audience has enjoyed this conversation. I know I have. And uh, if you're in the area again, maybe we'll get you in and talk about some other stuff. But this was what was on our heart today. So uh, we've enjoyed this time together. Hey, y'all, if you're listening to this podcast, pray with us. Just pray with us. This is what's in our hearts and others. It, it's growing. There's others in our organization that are starting to talk this too. And we just believe it's time for this. I believe we're living in the last days and, and what we're going to do for God, we better do it now. Amen. And I believe one of the most effective ways to fulfill the mandate of the Great Commission is planting new churches. So pray with us that the strategic vision would become clear. Pray with us that there be a recruiting process in place to, to, to call forth planters. Pray with us for the resources that God's going to have to provide to do this and, and that this would just be a, a groundswell and we would become, if not a church planting movement, at least a church planting culture. So thanks for listening today and we'll catch you next month on the PFWB podcast.